I'm going to tell you a few stories. All you have to do is listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar, and with me today is hello, Luke. I almost forgot, and uh, Ralph. Duh. What was that spray? Like who else? Who else is it? Come on, Darth Vader. Uh, Your father. <laughs> yes, welcome back, everyone. Our hiatus is over, and we're going to start with episode number one twenty-three. That's right, one two three, as in one two three Fake Street, made famous by Chief Wiggum. And uh, today's episode, like all the other ones, is going to review three movies, but these are going to be special, streamlined kind of movies. We're going to be reviewing Panic Room from the early two thousands. Tokyo Godfather. All these are from the 2000s. Godfathers. Godfathers, my bad. Tokyo Godfathers. And then the Romanian uh, sad movie. Four months, three weeks, and two days. Um, those are going to be three movies. Now, you're at, you, might, you might be asking, you might be asking, what the hell are these three movies? If you forgot, or if you're new to the show, maybe, uh, we are, we're in the middle of a marathon. Actually, not even, not even in the middle yet, but almost in the middle. Uh, we're in the middle of a marathon where uh, we are each doing our own five titled, five titled marathon going on here as we alternate between the weeks and the episodes where we all pick the movies we want as we go along in turn. And every turn that each of us get is the next rung in our own personal marathon, so to speak. So Panic Room belongs to Luke, Tokyo Godfathers to Roth, and then the four months, three weeks, and two days for me. And then we decided to, because, you know, we spent all this time with the break. And since January was chock full of top 10 shows, not, not real reviews yet, I figured that coming back strong with a, doing a good dent into the marathon so it doesn't hang over throughout the whole year, you know, so I wanted to get a good dent in. And also, it'll get our bearings straight back, you know, as we get to new movies as uh, 2021 presents us with whatever it wants to present to us. So that's why we're doing these three movies. And if you want to know the show and follow the other episodes of the show, you can do so at otherpodcast.com. And over there, obviously, you can find all of our other marathons we've had. And obviously, what the rest of this marathon will look like for each of ours. It's all ready for you there. If you want to get yourself in anticipation as to the movies we're deciding to watch in the near future. Um, now, before we get into our usual foray, I want to ask you guys real quick. Uh, start with Luke here. How you been, Luke? Uh, so far, so good. I'm back home from my uh, little work trip, so yeah. that's always a fun thing. Are you excited to do that? Do you do something? When, do you have a, like a, a thing you do when you get back? Do you do something right away? Like, oh, man, my favorite restaurant, or I must get this, I must do this when you get back home? Um, No. No? No? You just like life is normal again? Kind of, yeah. Unpack, <laughs> repack, ugh, all that stuff. Why even unpack? Just have dedicated clothes that you just go to. Nah. It's actually not the worst thing. But, right? Yeah, I mean, uniforms and Muslim he reuses stuff, so. Right, right. Exactly. But nothing new with you other than that? Uh, did you enjoy this break from the show? Always. Always. Give me time to catch up on other things. Man, don't act like this was... <laughs> you, would, you were going to have nothing to do anyway. I guess none of it has changed at all in the last month and a half to two months. Um, how about you, Ralph? How about me? What? The break? I love the break. I got to catch up on TV, not be pressured to watch what I need to watch. Just like this is such a burden on me. But at the, I'm just kidding, of course. Um, but at the same time, it's like 
you know, doing what I want to do sometimes means lack of watching things that I would force <laughs> right. myself to watch, you know, like right. I'm like, I, I actually, you know, um, I, I, I live in the life of like the hour long episodes at most, you know, like that's the, that's the most I can muster at a time. I feel like um, anything else is like feels like it's too much dedication. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or not only that, but sometimes it just feels like also like I don't have, I, I can't watch it in one go through throughout a regular day of my of my day, you know? Yeah, um, I do. I can't watch it without having to pause it, without having to do this, without having to do that. And sometimes uninterrupted. I do best theaters for that reason, 100%, because if I made the dedication to go to the movies, well, You're going to have stuck, to through the whole I'm, movie, right? I'm stuck there, yeah, exactly. Um, Although they're coming back. I mean, they're back already, I guess. And um, we should not, I mean, honestly, there's nothing good looking on theaters still, right now. So um, I haven't really been wanting to necessarily go back but i used to go once a week roughly or at least uh twice a month or something right um on my end it's, it's similar rough it's similar for me like i've been i mean don't get me wrong i watch a lot of movies still watch a lot of tv i've been playing way more games lately um finished uh one game almost done with the second game both long ones well one one is short one is long and um but on top of that, the movies I've been watching, and don't get me wrong, I've seen some new ones, as you'll see in our recent discoveries. I've seen, uh, you know, more than whatever, normal. I've seen normal. But um, but I've definitely put the brakes on it overall. Like, I've definitely been watching a lot of movies I've seen before, and just the comfort of older movies, or even movies that I've seen once, and I'm like, oh, I've been always wanting to rewatch that. Uh, a good example of that would be Spotlight. Like, I saw Spotlight again. Oh, okay. um, recently on Netflix and I was like, you know what? I almost saw it that one time in theaters and I remember it was a big Oscar contender movie. I remember liking it, but I don't remember a lot of details. So I saw it again and I totally liked it and enjoyed new aspects. Um, Did you like, like it more around this time? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, there was a comfort to it. I, I, I guess I was watching old movies that I knew I liked already and see what I thought and whatever. Just to kill the time sometimes to or whatever or just to enjoy something again that I know it'll give me enjoyment. Um, like the, the triple A is a good example of that one too. I did that one too. <laughs> I saw triple A. Um, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, some Marvel movies, things like that. Obviously I was all over the WandaVision now that it's over. Oh, right? We all were. We all were. Of course. That was a big highlight of the last, um, two months or so. That was a highlight for sure. I was waiting for every episode on that motherfucker. Other than, other than that, as a new thing, I haven't seen a lot of great new things. Um, as we'll get to some of these, uh, Recent discoveries. So, speaking of which, we're going to get into some recent discoveries. And we're going to start with Luke. And recent discoveries, real quick, is just things that we've been watching independently of each other. Uh, Luke, you're going to start us off with a good one. Oh, yes. I finally saw Sound of Metal, which you guys uh, both really liked. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. loved it. I love to do it. Yeah. I think we all said that you would like it. Too. Yeah, and I did. I did. I, I was really enthralled by it. I had to do it in one sitting and make sure my health did, you know. I think that somebody told me you got to watch it in one sitting. Uh, it has more impact, I guess. Yeah. I would say every movie should be watched in one Every sitting, movie but... should be watched in one sitting, yeah. Yeah. Except for Lawrence of Olivia. Yeah. And I think Gone with the Wind. I think that's got an intermission, too. But yeah, that one has. I mean, I think with built-in intermission, you can leave. Okay. <laughs> right. right. They're, they're actually telling you, leave. But yeah, actually telling you, go take a shit somewhere and come back. Right. Yeah, but no, it's a really great story. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the fucking... Acting was phenomenal, and man, I felt for that guy. Which uh, guy? Uh, Ruben. Which? Oh, okay. 
I had to ask. The main protagonist of this uh, movie. Okay, okay. The guy that makes shot, right? The guy that makes shot. Right on, right on. Yeah. Like, would it have made you top ten, you think? Uh, it probably might have, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so after since I uh, watched a movie concerning music, I watched a music documentary called Dope Hookers and Pavement, The Real and Imagined History of Detroit Hardcore. So okay. it's pretty much about the uh, Detroit hardcore punk scene from, uh, I think it says 1981 to 1982. And it's got a bunch of interviews of like the bands and like the kids that would go to like these shows in Detroit, uh, where it was a pretty fucking sketchy area. That's why people said you don't go to like that area unless you want, you know, it's all just dope hookers and pavement. That's the only thing there. <laughs> but it was a whole DIY thing where all these kids would, you know, just kind of started the, their own scene, you know, in the Midwest for hardcore music. Okay. Hardcore, hardcore punk. Right. Any, any, like, bands I would know that came on there? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really know many of them. I think there's <laughs> guys from, like, Negative Approach, Meat Men, Touch and Go, uh, Minor Discharge, uh, I mean, Minor Threat. Uh, let's see. Oh, Necros, The Fix, Violent Apathy, Bored Youth. Yeah. And I guess they also found some, like, uh, Super 8 footage of, like, the main uh, venue that they used it's called the the freezer and that's kind of like what kind of kickstarted this documentary because one of the uh the guy who made the documentary his brother passed away and he was in one of the bands and going through his i think brother's stuff he found like the super 8 footage of the uh, okay. freezer yeah which that's, is like that's cool. no one had that before no yeah that's well nice. definitely someone had it they just never chose to share it no, like like in the '80s, people weren't going walking around with cameras, you know. Oh, with cameras, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like the one had the footage before. I was like, yeah. I mean, but technically, he did have it. It's just so. never shared it. Yeah, I, that makes sense. All right, and then I saw another documentary called "I'm in the Band." The it's man. about it's about the uh, Swedish band the Helicopters. It's pretty much like the whole uh, the story of of the helicopters told by the band. Through uh, you know, throughout the whole years, even had some of the uh, older uh, members that aren't in the band anymore and everything, and it concluded all the way up to when they called it quits a couple of years back. And this Do was I know a, them? the helicopters. Yeah, they. Can. Um, I don't know them. they never made that big of an impact on the U.S., but I mean, they did tour here a couple times. They did have a couple of videos, I think, like on MTV and stuff. So. Oh, are they from what era? Are they mainly from? Uh, they were in the '90s, I believe. Okay. They started in the 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, but that was a pain in the ass because uh, I found out about it, and the only way to watch this was you had to be in Sweden. So I had to use a VPN to, you know, put myself in Sweden, mm-hmm. so I could watch it like on their like uh, whatever like TV channel. But it's not in English. It's in Swedish. Any subtitles? So the, it had subtitles, but the su- subtitles were Swedish. So luckily, we used like Google Chrome. And you set it to translate the page. Once the Swedish subtitles popped up, in like two seconds, they would change into English. So, but you were still behind, though, technically on the conversation. I kinda, yeah, but it was like it not hard. That, that wasn't that bad. But a couple part, times, like my internet was really shitty. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't fucking translate. So I had to like replay scenes like multiple times to get the translation. Uh, Matt, okay, so that sounds like a lot of dedication to watch this movie. Where is that dedication and other things? <laughs> I don't know. Got to make it worth my while. 
so many steps you went through to watch this movie. Yeah, I'm in the band. Well, well, worth it? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, check them out, Helicopters. Um, yeah, I'll check the band out for sure. Uh, more than the documentary, unfortunately. But yeah, I will check out the band. Uh, now that's that's it for Luke. Well, kind of it for Luke. We'll see more in a little bit, actually. Uh, Ralph, you're next. Oh, yes, I am next. So... I have a movie that uh, I ended up watching on movie uh, called uh, Rendezvous in Paris mm-hmm. um, or Le Rendezvous de Paris. Uh, three stories of love and coincidence around the themes uh, around the theme of dates in Paris. So it's actually a pretty cool movie. Pretty cool movie from the nineties about um, literally what it says is just love and coincidence. Um, it was an easy, easy, fun watch, um, and each story was nicely wrapped up. Uh, Luke, you would appreciate that to a certain extent, of course. Um, nice. What's it called? And uh, at least that, like that day or that whatever they're 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 in, in, uh, encompassing is wrapped up. You know, not like their whole lives. We don't get to see that, but I was just saying. Oh well, now I'm disappointed. Well, no, that's the, any movie then. So besides the point, um, this is a really cool movie um, and is highlighted. But I uh, I. Uh, I mainly watched it. I, I kind of watched it out of a whim, uh, and I'm kind of glad I did. But I also am trying to do a little bit more on um, what's it called? Uh, watching just French cinema in general this year. Um, I feel like I give the French people a bad. I, I don't like them normally, so uh, I feel like I uh, should give them the benefit of the doubt and give them some of their cinema a watch. You like not, them as I, a nation or as filmmakers, or you like uh, their movies, their art? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, gonna give them a gonna give them a benefit of the doubt and watch some of their more work. Uh, other than that, that's um, that's around the one Paris. Uh, I don't know where you could find it besides the movie because things are about to leave or left already. Um, but you figure that one out. Uh, the next movie I saw is Coming to America, which um, I'll say right away. I actually appreciate movies that do this, where the title is in. You don't have to say Coming to America too. Right. Coming to you know. Just yeah, I saw that too. Perfect, Coming to America. Yep. Right? Which is great with the number two in it. Um, this is the sequel to uh, Coming to America, not you know whatever. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, most of the ca- most of the just... cast is there. Hold on, hold on. most of the cast is there. <laughs> Uh, there's a, I, I, it, it fell short for me overall. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I just felt like I, I felt like the, the, what the movie was doing, they should have focused on that like 30 minutes before and gave it more time and then focused on it actually. And not just like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. The movie's done now guys. You know, like, wait, what? Like, and that's, that's how it felt. Um, and for those who have seen it. Um, I just felt like it didn't do a good job of empowering that part uh, at all. So uh, lackluster on that part. Also, um, I know I know you're working with the uh, the uh, what's it called the stuff from the first movie, but I felt like a lot of stuff had to be like forced, um, and it didn't need to be. Um, I still laughed at some parts, um, but overall it was uh, less than, which is not to be unexpected, but sadly, I guess. Yep. Anybody else see this movie? I saw it too. I, I th- it was a fun nostalgia trip, but I felt, you know, they wanted to bring everybody back from the first one and then some. And I thought the plot was going to be very predictable, and yeah. Yeah. So, overall, hey. I have not seen it. Um, I'm curious. About, I definitely I want to see it, but I, I feel like I have to see the original, which I haven't seen in a long time. 
So, is the original on Prime 2 or no? Uh, yes, I it I, is. I think it is, yeah. Okay, great. I mean, I could just do a little double feature, maybe. Enjoy that. Because I know I really like the first one, so I know I'll have fun with something. Um, and then I'll get into part two and see what I think. Um, but I like how Roth said he really likes the way they titled it. And then and he goes on to say what, why it's always sometimes a bad idea to title it like this. Because he's like, so I saw come, saw the Coming exactly. to America, the original, not the... Right. You no, have to no, make no. a correction. Well, I didn't say original. I said Coming to America, not to... Coming no, to, to America. To, yeah, but you have to always correct, like... You know well, of course, yeah. But at the same time, like, it's still better than Coming to America too. You know what oh, I'm saying? No, like, it's... I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's so funny that right after that, you described the one weakness of the title. The one weakness of the title? Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> of course. What about Coming Back to America? <laughs> Damn. Uh, that would have been better. That would have been better, but they if didn't do that, the right? Plot is, if, is that that's what the plot is. Exactly. That's okay. the thing. Oh. Exactly. Anyways, uh, my next movie uh, is the uh, Tom and Jerry. I saw Tom and Jerry, obviously. So my kid did not want to watch this movie at all, and now he wants me to replay it all the time. So okay. I guess it worked out. Yeah. Uh, not all the time, but enough to where he asked for it before. Uh, I'll read the quick description because it's um, – I'll tell you about the movie. Uh, a chaotic battle ensues between Jerry Mouse, who has taken refuge uh, in the Royal Gate Hotel, and Tomcat – these are literally their names – who is hired to drive, drive him away before the day of the big wedding arrives. Um, it is based like in real life with uh, – it's kind of like the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of thing right. where uh, they're all like animated animals. Uh, but or whatever, and then there's real humans, and they coexist like normal, you know. Like one of the uh, what's her name, the, uh, the cast, uh, Chloe, uh, Grace Chloe Morris. Grace Morris. Yeah, she uh, she's late to a job interview or a job something, and she was like, "Yeah, I had a cat and mouse issue." You know how that goes? Like, wait, what? Like, oh, this is an actual thing. Like, this is not just like uh, like it just happened happened to you. Like everyone else could see these. I thought you were just hallucinating. Uh, okay, but that's not the case. Um, uh, overall, though, the movie was uh, lackluster on my end. Uh, of course, uh, I just felt like I mean, I I get like they made a story for them and everything. I just felt it was like too long. <laughs> it was like uh, they didn't focus on enough. So they wanted to make a big plot over it and everything like that. And some of it was funny. There's a lot of little puns and stuff like that. But I just I mean, I felt you could have tightened it, made it. I don't know, uh, 20, maybe even 30 minutes shorter. It's an hour and 41. Hmm. So, like, I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> like it, doesn't need, it just needed to be, like, a, a really cool episode of Tom and Jerry or, like, a really cool, like, string of episodes, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But that's that's on my end, of course. Uh, I did like a lot of the cast. A lot of it worked out. But it's just, like, they also focused on them. It was just too much going on. Um, just make it make it funny. Make it good. Yeah, but, um, I saw 10 minutes of this movie, and I was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to watch it. Yeah, right, right. Well, I, I saw 20 of it, and I was like, eh. And then uh, my kid was like, I like it. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm finishing this. <laughs> I just have a question. Yeah. Did you ever watch the animated Tom yeah, and Jerry movie? of course I did. Was, do you think that one was better? Uh, I can't remember it, to be honest with you, but uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know what, remember, try to remember. I don't know if I liked it too much, but meh, that is what it is. Um... The last movie on my list is uh, The Little Things. This is on HBO. A lot of these, obviously, I watch on HBO. Um, this is, uh, I'll read the quick description. Uh, Kern County Deputy Sheriff Joe Deacon is sent to L.A. for what should have been a quick evidence-gathering assignment. Instead, he becomes embroiled with the search for a serial killer who is terrorizing the city, written and directed by John Lee Hancock. Uh, this was a big, like, <laughs> I expected more from this movie. I felt like there was a lot going on, and I was like, I was really interested in a lot of things. Um, and I felt like the character development was kind of going somewhere, and I was like, oh, man, I'm interested. And 
Uh, this movie you would hate, Luke, so I wouldn't even watch it. I did see it. Okay, so... I was going to piggyback on it. Yeah, I, I think you'd hate it because there's definitely no closure. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> or just lack of it anyway. And then there's... It's literally like... we for, They said it uh, becomes embroiled in the search for a serial killer. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. But I feel like we forget about that halfway through the movie. And... Uh, and it's like we're so single-minded, and then it's like, oh, well, who cares? At this point, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like I just feel like it is, and it, it it just goes on the wayside. Like I just felt like it just, I don't know. Um, I I, I felt like we could have gotten more from it. I didn't know what. I I didn't get it. I didn't get the movie. What I was trying to sell on me, maybe Oscar or somebody else did, but it didn't sell on me, and it, it just kind of felt felt very flat. It was like drinking a flat coke. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Honestly. If it wasn't for the acting, like I think that's like the acting was great from uh, Rami Malek and uh, Denzel, and you know uh, Jared Leto. But aside from that, the plot, everything was like boring. Yeah, I will give it to Jared Leto. His walk was great. That gate. <laughs> yeah, he has a gate oh, for sure. I- I'm with you guys. This movie kind of blowed. Um, blows, blows, still blows. Okay, um, blown. It blows. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one because someone told me it was like, oh man. That was a good movie. And I was like, really? No, it was not. It was a good movie. What's wrong no. with you? So I, I was, I was, I was so because of, because of the acting and because yeah. of some of the scenes earlier, especially when they bring in um, Jeremy ah. to the interrogation the first time, like that was yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, there is a lot of good stuff going. I really was enjoying. It. I really liked the way they brought in Denzel, Car- Denzel Washington's character's uh, history through all of the people that talk. And like, hey, you're back. You know, like the way they talk. I really like that stuff. Uh, like the build up to his his mistake, so to speak. I'm not ruining any of the movie here. But once I was with the movie up until this is where the point of no return was for me. When you started digging holes. And I'm obviously being vague here. When the whole digging started, I was like, oh this oh my god, he's not it. He's a I agree. It's fucking bullshitting. This whole movie's bullshit. Yep. I just started bullshit. yelling at the screen. I'm like, oh fuck yourself. So I uh, yeah, I really had a, a it kinda like a like an allergic rash reaction. That's what I had with the movie. I like said go from um, I didn't like it because uh, it was a big like, uh, there's like a rough side. So I'm with you guys overall Thanks, on those things. Um, 50% of a good movie. But, I mean, that's uh, not good enough. If you don't stick the landing, it really it makes the whole movie kind of sour, I guess. Yeah, I mean, even if you finish strong and the movie was like kind of like, well, so you'd be like, well, right, at least better. I finished strong. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It is better. Yeah, yeah that's what M. Light succeeds on, right? That's <laughs> literally how his, how, how his career went. Right. Yep. <laughs> Like, what are we right. watching? Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Like, it's a fucking twist. Um, all right. So I'm moving on here as a, a, a little, with the little things from uh, to a an Apple TV Plus movie. Wow. Um, it's called Wolf Walkers. Nice. Has anyone uh, heard of it? So, it? Sounds like a metal band. Um, yeah, right. I know of it, but I want to see the other two uh, movies in like that little trilogy before I do this one. Oh, is it a trilogy? Yeah, it's like the, it's the Irish fo- uh, folklore trilogy. Oh, so okay, but they're different stories. I mean, yeah, it's like the Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea. Like the oh, other. okay. I didn't know. Oh, wow. I should really watch those then, because I I've always wanted to see Song of the Sea, and I never did. Now I have a less of an excuse to watch them. So I should do it. Anyway, Wolf Walker. Here's the description: A young apprentice hunter and her father journey to Ireland to help wipe out the last wolf pack, but everything changes when she. Friends, a free spirited girl from a mysterious tribe rumored to transform into wolves by night. And this is an animated feature, as we've said already. And um, 
a really, really good movie, a really fun children's movie, mind you. It is definitely a, a tale. Um, it, it does, but it doesn't shy away. It's not like for all children necessarily, but it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good in children wise. It's um, it's an adorable movie. It's a really fun, adventurous, adorable movie. Um, and I like how um, it, like it, it, adorable. It, and it has, it does have some broad strokes with, uh, you know, you know who the villain is, you know who the good ones are immediately. There's no suspicions about that. There's no nuance about that kind of thing. But what there is is um, the relationships you make, or so to speak, um, at least in this girl, in this case, the girl, what she makes, and the relationships she has in making the new ones, and how those frictions start, particularly with her father and her new best friend, and uh, and how that ends up in the third act and all that. It was so much fun. And pretty good. Not like heartbreaking, at least not for me. I'm sure people did see that. I didn't see that, but I just enjoyed every frame of it as a good, fun time for me, a wholesome adventure. Um, with a little bit of blood, I should say. A little handle, and more than one death, let's just say that too. But uh, so it's not exactly for the faint of heart, but it's not, but it's also like, okay, kids. Mm. Wolfwalkers, I highly recommend it. It's all one word. Um, yeah. It's an animated feature on Apple TV. Plus. Check it out. I, I have one question before we move on. Uh, yes. Why does it matter which order you watch these in? What do you mean? What does it matter? For Luke? I don't know. If it's a trilogy, I kind of want to watch it in the trilogy format, you know? Well, the only way it would matter, and not that Luke necessarily thought of this, but the reason I would say it might matter is that you can see um, a progression in the animated company. That's what I was animation. thinking. Yeah. But, uh, but really, not really. The whole thing is that there's they're all their own movies, right? Yeah, they're all I don't movie. know that. Right. They are. Well, so, I didn't know they were all together until you said it. That's why I asked. Oh, it's not. It's not part three. I'll tell you. I'm right. saying they're not. I'm not saying it's a part three. But I'm saying is that he makes it seem like it is without. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it's a trilogy. It's, it's like the, it's like it's like the Coronado. Coronado was a. Mm. I guess the way you call it. <sighs> I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, what's the name of that fucking? Like Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Right, Shaun of the Hot Fuzz, and, and um, the, the World's, World's End. End. Or, or Cornetto. like a thematic Cornetto, thank you. Or like a thematic trilogy, but they're not real. So you can watch them in any order. Would you? Oh yeah. Did you see I, any of those in any order, Rob? I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Well, I did right. see them in all. That's what order, this is. So. That's what this is. I think I saw two, one, three. Uh, no, I think I saw them in any order. They came up one, two, three. But no. Um, but I mean, but you know, it doesn't matter. But you can understand why it's called like a trilogy, but it's not yeah. a real trilogy. I was just, I was just curious as to why he would say anything. Though. I think it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Now, the next movie here, and I, I really had trouble. I went back on my um, letterbox to see when I saw it, and I, I did see it after our last show, our last full show we did, 120, 119, whatever it was. Um, so hopefully I haven't talked about it, but I almost feel like I did. You guys let me know. The Painter and the Thief. Have I talked about The Painter and the Thief? I don't remember you talking that about That sounds it, familiar, but I don't know. I mean, I've talked about that. I've seen it, but I don't know if I mentioned it in any recent discussion. So I'm just going to do it again here in case I didn't. The Painter and the Thief is a um, documentary. And uh, it's about an artist befriends the thief who stole her paintings. She becomes his closest ally when he is severely hurt in a car crash and needs full-time care, even if her paintings are not found. But then the tables turn. That's a terrible description. Uh, but whatever. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting documentary uh, of exactly what I just said. This guy in a frenzy of, like, coked up and drunk and all this stuff, like, manages to, like, steal this girl's paintings during, um, 
it was in an art gallery. I don't know if it was about to be sold, but it was doing a show, right? And he just stole them. And he has absolutely, he blacks out. He has no idea what he did to them. Like when the cops catch up to him like 48 hours later or something. Or And, uh, and the premise begins as this girl wanting to know if she could guilt him maybe or talk to him to reveal where the paintings were or why steal her paintings. You know, it's not like she's like super, I mean, she was known, well known. This is in Sweden, by the way, I believe so. And, um, and she's well known, but not like super, she's not Volver, you know, or whatever. She's not a big uh, painter out there. And she was just curious as to all these questions you had about it. And the guy t- does not remember. And he just told it because they thought he looked, they looked pretty. Like it wasn't like a mastermind affair. Right. But as you, as the, per, as the documentary goes on, you start seeing that the movie is about those two independently of each other and what they see of each other as time goes and their friendship kind of, you know, deepens and stuff. And it's really uh, fascinating and interesting. It gave me, it gave me a lot of uh, Sound of Metal vibes in the sense of like the moving forwardness, the reality, like how real it is, the people, like the mistakes of your past kind of thing. Um, Cause she's no, you know, angel either, the, the painter. Um, but she comes at, she comes towards this whole thief guy with complete honesty. And it's really good. It's a really good, honest movie. And I really enjoyed a lot of this, the back and forth that the documentary filmmakers were able to get between um, these two subjects. So yeah, I really recommend it. The Painter and the Thief. It's on Hulu, um, if anyone wants to see it. It's a, not a Hulu. It's an exclusive to Hulu. I know that much. So I don't know if they commissioned it or if they just got the rights after. But check it out, guys. I really recommend it. Uh, the last one I got here, it's an interesting movie for sure. Again, this is another 20, these are all 2020 movies, by the way. This is my catching up thing, except for the little things, of course. Um, this is where I was catching up to last year. Uh, it's called uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Has anyone heard of it? Negative. No. Negatory. Terror grips a small, ta- small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for his ailing father... Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself there's no such thing as werewolves. Is it? Yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a comedy horror, and I didn't know that going in. But this movie stars was written and directed by Jim Cummings, and it also has uh, Ricky Lindholm, Lindum, sorry, and Robert Forster, which might be his last movie because he died uh, over a year ago now, I think. Robert oh, Forster. No. But he obviously, you know, all actors make movies in advance or they shoot movies left and right and then the movies come out later. And right. I think this might be the last one he's going to be credited for. So there's that. And then, um, but on top of that, I wanted to see this movie because I heard great things about it. I heard great things about this writer-director, star dude, uh, Jim Cummings. He had made a movie called Thunder Road. Um, and he was a producer of one of my favorite movies from the year it came out, uh, Kreisha. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm totally, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch this horror movie. I didn't know it was comedy, by the way. But as soon as it started, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. And it's really interesting. It's also really fucked up. Um, it's a very cool, like, sleepy town horror comes to town, right, to terrorize it kind of thing, uh, vibe to it. But it also has, um, like, this supremely dark humor that's, like, bottled in alcoholism, you know, uh, along the way with the main character, the deputy guy. And... Um, and everyone, and it has a, and, and, the, and the whole thing is written with this like very snappy, 
original sounding dialogue, like the way they use English is really fascinating stuff. It reminds me of uh, like the Coen brothers, how they reinvent languages for their period pieces. It's like that, but this isn't a period piece. This is modern day, but uh, the way, the same way that Coen brothers do that with, with like Nervous Crossing, for example, they just uh, make up their own language seemingly with the English or their own dialect. This is doing the same thing, you know, the way they, it's very, very fashionable, distinct English that I never really heard before. And I honestly recommend it just for the dialogue alone. Like you could just close your eyes and laugh at all the crazy shit they say to each other. It's a very funny, good movie. Surprisingly good movie. Also very gory too. It's not like for kids either. It gets there. It gets, it can get there with the, with the blood and the gore and everything. Uh, especially when they start talking about the, the crime scenes. It's really funny. Um, so yeah, I really recommend it. It's a, it snuck up on me. I did not expect it to be, to have that much heart as it did when, when it came to all the personal stuff with the marshal, with the deputy, sorry. Um, and all this stuff that happened, you know, happens around the murdering. Uh, it's very, it just snuck up on me. I just, like the movie ended, I was like, man, that was a really good movie. And I did not think it would be, you know? So that's great. I loved it for that reason. Uh, check it out, everyone. I don't know where it's available. I rented it. So, uh, but I'm sure you can rent it yourself. Wolf of Snow Hollow, available wherever. And that's it for recent discoveries. Now we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to review our first film of the evening. We're going to start off with Luke's movie, which is what, Luke? Panic Room. Yeah. Stay with us. What we want is in that room. They're coming in here, aren't they? No. No, no, they can't. I told you they can't get in here. What do you know about this room? Oh, what do we know about this room? Just a few small details of life. We're not coming out, and we're not letting you in. Get out of my house. Say fuck. Fuck. Mom. Get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house! A divorced woman and her diabetic daughter take refuge in their newly purchased house's safe room when three men break in searching for a missing fortune. Panic Room 2002. Why did you have to do that? You always do that at the end. Why? I don't know. I want to know your thought process. Um, sometimes, not every day. Okay. So, um, I don't. This is obviously my pick. No shit. Oh, fuck you. Um, it is a movie I did not like back when I first saw it back in oh good old two thousand two. I don't know if I saw it back then or like two thousand three or two thousand four. Right, right. But I always had like a negative uh, view of the movie. Okay. So I don't remember how we did this the first time during mm -hmm. the first marathon uh, of um, Green Street Hooligans. But what, um, I mean, this is all you, right? So we should ask you, what did you not like about it before? The only thing I ever remembered about this movie was the plot. And I thought it was fucking stupid. Like, oh, just a bunch of guys trying to break in while this chick and her daughter like hide in a fucking room. A lot of thrillers okay. are similar. Not <laughs> to that, but like, they're like that a lot, you know? Yeah, have you seen yeah. Fogbos? <laughs> oh God. I, have, have I seen? Have you seen? Phone booths. Oh, phone. <laughs> I think I might. Have, that's right. a lesser example. I, I, I just. I know it is. That's why. You know, Liberty stands still. Eighteen years ago, you know. 
Anyways, okay. So yeah, I just did not like the movie. So I went back to revisit it to see if it changed. Well, the movie's the same. I, I trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was really wide open. I mean, yeah, you gotta love yourself. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now, now, okay. What do you think now? The new age Luke. Ah, let's save that for the end. What, at the end of what? what oh, uh, do do is this? You want us to talk about it first? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. So, uh, Oscar, what did you think of this movie? I've always loved it. This is a fun movie. Um, okay. Now, I've never really quite loved. <laughs> <laughs> I never quite like loved it like I uh, like I used to. I think I used to like it more. I do like it a little less in in, in the in the in the David Fincher catalog. It's not like it's on the lower end, but that motherfucker shits out gold. So like it's <laughs> <laughs> like he has, I think, one actually kind of like bad movie or movie with problems, and that's his first yeah. movie. Which one is that? Alien Three. Um, and I, even that he's movie, ninety-four director credits. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't know. I know he's done a lot of music well, videos. I'm not talking yeah, about the music videos. Uh, I'm not talking about the TV. A lot to I'm talking about movies. It. And but I really love a- all Alien the movies. Alien Three is the right one. Alien 3, right, yeah. That's his first one. He did videos really before cute. for Madonna and shit and Nine Inch Nails yeah. or whatever. A lot of videos, a lot of videos. Yeah. Um, the Game. Such a good movie. The Game. Oh, right, The Game. I mean, I would say... Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, a lot of movies. <laughs> My point is, is that uh, even even that movie that everyone loves to bash on, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, I like, like that movie. I like that movie maybe on par with Panic Room. As far as we, like not not loved that movie back when it Oh yeah. Came. Yeah, I did. As I'm saying, I used to love these movies. Now I don't love them as much. They definitely I definitely like settled down on them. They're still I think really good movies. Like I said, the one Clunker Alien 3, otherwise all this other stuff is good. Um I even loved I loved the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo for example, things like that. So like um I'm partial to the other. So I, I yeah, this movie I remember very fondly. This is not my second time watching it. I've definitely seen it many times, not many times, but a few times between its release in 2000, what, four? Two. 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 All right, damn. Early as movie. Um, 2002. And it also, this began the 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 onset of movies where Jodie Foster kicks ass in movies. Um, That's right. Or kicks some, kicks some ass, anyway. And uh, I do like some of those overall, even though Panic Room is by far the better one. Um, yeah, this is a, a fun movie. Obviously, the beginning of Tristan Stewart, did not know her. Dwight Yoakam back then was always a bad guy. And you know, it's, uh, it's the like, one guy nobody knew in this movie. This movie is nostalgic to me in the sense that I remember the movie, how movies were in two thousand two. You know what I mean? Like I remember the movies around this movie a lot while watching Panic Room. I remember what I thought of all these actors back then compared to now. You know, it's a very different feeling. It's a different set. You know, Twilight didn't exist yet. I couldn't. I didn't hate Christian Stewart. And now I'm past Twilight, and I love her again. So like, you know, it's all very weird. And, I thought um, she sucked, but whatever. No, I thought she was good. I thought she was good. I didn't think she was great, but I thought she was pretty good. She's like, you know, not Natalie Portman and the professional, but she's not asked to do that either. So it's not quite, you know. Um, but I think she does, a, she does a good job of being a, a New York modern daughter overall. Um, so, yeah, I had fun with it. Uh, Ralph, I assume, next. Yep. Yeah. I'm assuming I am next, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I've always liked the movie. I've never really... Uh, kind of mirror Oscar here. I think I've seen the movie like at least full, full, like four times. Um, I've seen a lot of parts, bits and parts of it, yeah. like just TV in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's David Fincher. I don't know. I like Forrest Whitaker also a lot. Um, I didn't know it was Christmas Stewart till this watch though, because the Christmas Stewart was a nobody, so it didn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? Uh, Forrest Whitaker still had that high thing. 
he's had it his whole life. His whole life, bro. <laughs> his whole life. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and also, first time, first time remembering, because when I remembered watching with you, I had known from the last time that it was Jared Little. Uh, but I forgot oh. that I forgot it was Jared Little watching right. it this time. And I was like, wait, is that Jared Little? And I was like, yeah, it is. I was like, wait, didn't I say that last time I saw this? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's besides the point. So um, overall, like, I mean, did I like the movie? I don't know how it fares from the first time. I thought the movie was like, uh, it was like out of my grasp of like mentality when it first came out for sure. Because it was just like, who's rich enough to have a panic room? What the fuck? And like, who are these uppity white people? You know, like, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, it was just something that sounded like make believe. But now, in like this day and age, it's just like sounds something so feasible, you know, uh, like not feasible, but I guess it just sounds more normal, I guess, uh, of people having stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's all right. I didn't know if you thought um, I was about to say something. I'll cut out the space. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I just felt like. Uh, but overall, I mean, the movies, I, I still like the movie. I still like where it goes. I forgot some scenes of little things, like, of how they do things. I remember the Morse code thing. And then I like her answer to the Morse code thing. Like, where'd you learn that? She's like, Titanic. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Kids were into Titanic. You're like, that movie was so big. It makes sense that the kid would, like, probably have seen it, like, 300 times. And, like, stuck with, you know, watching that one thing in Titanic. And, like, right. that's what you remember. Um, yeah. Yeah, so little little aspects of the movie, but overall, I mean, I still I still like the movie overall. It I would agree with Oscar though. It is in the bottom half of uh, David Fincher's catalog for me, anyway. Yeah, I think he just wanted to make a very solid thriller, and I think he did. You know, and uh, there's a few external things that I really liked about the movie or found fascinating. Something that I found more like I I found what I found interesting, maybe not great, is that Jared Leto seems to be like. Um, like he was put in a supporting role or one of the main roles, because there's only five characters, really. Um, one of the supporting roles in this movie because he was in so little of Fight Club in 1999. Um, he was in Fight Club? He was in Fight Club. That's Shit. my point. He's so little in it that you don't even <laughs> fucking remember him. Um, he was in Fight Club. I guess Edward Norton beats the shit out of him so badly in, in one of the scenes. Remember him now? He's a pretty boy. Whatever. Maybe okay, I'll, I'll have to rewatch okay. it. I mean, I, clearly Next I know marathon. that movie more. That's okay. <laughs> and um, and he was. I think David Fincher just threw him a bone. Like, okay, fine. The next movie you'll get a bigger role, and here he I has mean, corn rolls. You, you know, got a bigger role. <laughs> so, like, um, so I think that, and then I also think that David Fincher was pushing a lot of the um, digital, like uh, you know, the special effects medium. You know, because I had never seen it I, until this point. I never seen a camera go through so many fucking tight little spaces in my life. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, that's a highlight of the movie for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, for good or bad, because I don't I don't think they always work in the movie, honestly. I think he's playing around. The, the Fincher's, like, learning this stuff and enjoying himself with it. Because literally, I mean, there's a there's a fake, not it's not a real oneer, but there's, like, a oneer that looks like one where it tracks from up and down as the, as the burglars break in and they're finding out and before they go into the panic room, right? There's, like, a whole lot of back and forth. The camera's going all over the fucking place. All over yep. the place. In one seemingly unbroken shot. And we're seeing like a lot of uh, <laughs> very tight squeezes at the camera. You're like, that's impossible. What is, what's going on? Um, so he's playing with that. And I think I've never seen that in a movie. Or at least 
used this way before until I saw Panic Room. Or at least to that extent. Yeah. Right, at least to that extent. And uh, I found that very cool. And um, overall, man, I think the, what makes this movie really good on top of everything is the sound design. Really good sound design in this movie. I mean, you really... When that fucking door crushes Dwight Yoakam's hand, you fucking <laughs> oh, feel it. And yeah. you feel it. You feel it. You know, and his office is acting after when it's stuck in there and Jodie Foster is slamming herself on the door and he's reacting to every slam. <laughs> it's just really good sound design. And it's just one example. Uh, the mega punch at the, towards the end, obviously, is the biggest example of a great fucking punch sound that I've ever heard. And uh, obviously, Fight Club gave him practice to get that right. So yeah, fun movie, man. What about you, Luke? Now, can you tell us? Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I still think the plot's a little wonky. Hmm. It's whatever. Uh, I did notice the camera work, and I thought that was fucking magnificent. Hmm. All um, right. Cool. The uh, acting obviously was really good. I, but so the the characters, I swear, like it was so fucking stupid, like. All these guys are on the first fucking floor of the house, and they're watching them. You know, they could have, she could have, like, they could have done so many other things, like, to, to kind of foil them. But nope, they're just going to stay in the fucking room. Um, are you saying that Jodie Foster could have done something? Yes. So many times. Because there were instances where all the guys were at the, like, on the first well, floor. Well, that, that's the problem with movies them. like this, is that a lot of people put themselves in the situation, and they think yeah. they know what they would do, right? That's the whole right, point. Exactly. The problem is you're looking at it from the perspective of that you're outside looking in and you're not in the actual situation. Right. And I know I would you're not a female, so you don't know how she's thinking. Or Julie or, Foster. Or, or, or a parent. We're not parents. Or a, or a, I mean, you guys aren't. Yeah, so. I know. Luke, that's what I said. But yeah, right, yeah. I don't know. I'll be like, fuck you, kid. <laughs> well, that's because I don't have a kid. You, you, won't, you wouldn't, though. Like, that's I thing. wouldn't. I know. I mean, I know. I know I wouldn't, right. I guess. Um, it's just funny. Well, there's a lot of things. There's also a lot of mistakes on the on the robbers. Yeah, they could, just, they could destroy the cameras from the up, scene. Yeah. But you know what? But, but you know what? The movie. I think the movie does a good job. Also, like especially with like Jared Leto, who comes off as like, oh, I'm the head guy, and you find out that he's just an idiot who came with the plan, right. who came up with the idea. Like I, I, I know where to rob, and you're like, uh, okay. And then everybody else was smarter than him. Right. Uh, and you could tell like Raul was just like, listen, man, I'm just getting paid here, so like I'll I'll let you guys do things until I have to intervene. And that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it makes sense as the movie was long. I think I think the movie sells it overall. I mean, maybe not as much as how you would prefer it, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a matter of preference there. I mean, that happens in all these kinds of movies, and um, I fell victim to it too. I mean, I was thinking the same thing uh, overall. Like, I definitely wouldn't have done that or whatever. But obviously, I'm seeing it through the point of view of my experience, um, the doy, and that's what makes these movies kind of fun too. Like, that's the whole point, uh, among other points, of course. Uh, one thing I didn't like, though, I'll mention this, is that, and uh, it sat with me worse or bad this time around, was uh, towards the end. Oh, I should say the lead up to the end. So they, this is where um, where uh, Forrest Whitaker uh, manages to crack the safe and get the bearer bounce. He doesn't put it back in the envelope, which is what I would have done. Right. I don't know why he doesn't do that. And the movie, uh, the movie's ending is is weird for me because. I know, I know the point, and I, it was a very much like a no good deed goes unpunished kind of ending for him, where like if he didn't go back, he would have run out with all of the money, right? Right. He went back, saved them, right? Um, a couple things messed me up there. One, this is maybe uh, maybe maybe Luke felt this way too, is that they had this guy almost nearly incapacitated. He had one 
broken leg, most likely, <laughs> if not two, and one fucked up arm because of the hand. And they couldn't take him? It's not... Right, especially with the adrenaline and everything going on. Right. They couldn't take him. It was. It just sounded ridiculous to me. Um, if it's and that sounded, it looked ridiculous yeah, you, to me. You just don't mess with Raul like that, bro. Yeah, I mean Raul's a real motherfucker. He's a real bloodthirsty I mean, asshole. You know, right. he was like the underdog, and he became like, like, no, this is our my shit now. <laughs> <laughs> right. He ended up caring more about you know killing the witnesses, so to speak, than getting the money. You know, I would think that he would. I really thought, and I really thought it was going to go this way, that he would be way more greedy about it and take his share right then and there in the panic room when he cracked the safe because I thought he would be all over that or at least all over Forrest Whitaker when he was leaving instead of staying behind or whatever or you know getting knocked over and deciding to stay to kill them why don't you go after the money your partner so to speak just left the house right I didn't I guess I didn't buy that stuff I didn't buy it as much definitely not this time around so like that kind of bothered me and obviously it bothered me that he's just like Get stopped right then and there by the cops, right as he's about to hop the fence or the whatever it is, and uh, and then well, I don't know why he's clutching the bear bounce, and then they go into the scattered. Jesus Christ! It's just so <laughs> everyone loses the money, no one gets it, you know, or My some bum be, like running for that shit, right? I, yeah, exactly. Or some bum later, a week later, finds one and makes it off, you know. Like uh, I guess that stuff bothered me. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, not that, not that the. Mystical gust of wind swept all that money away. Hmm. Right, right. What? Felt, what? It, it did look a little mystical. It did. I did look a little mystical. It was just floating around in like a vortex of like, <laughs> right. learn your lesson, bitch, kind of oh, thing. God. It did seem that way. Look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus did. <laughs> look what Jesus did. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. But did you guys buy that scene more than I did, or less? No, I thought it was Why did you put it in the envelope again? Why didn't you fold it into a pocket? Why didn't you swallow one? Anything. Anything. Right. Swallow. Jesus yeah, Christ. swallow it. I listen, anything but fucking leaving right. them out so nonchalantly. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, that's my one the thing I got that was negative about the movie this time around. Uh, otherwise, I got, the movie's still great for me. I'll still rewatch it. I'll show it to new people. Um, kind of. It's also like an easy movie to sit through. It's not like super heavy. It's heavy with the tone. It's serious, but it's not... I yeah, it's movie. serious, right? Especially not that, like the other two movies we're going to talk about after this one. <laughs> so, so you're on the uh, you're on the yay overall, or no, or still like in the nay category? For it's more movie. yay now. I yeah? rewatch it again, you know, instead of avoiding it, <laughs> avoiding it like the plague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So ma- maybe you just had a bad reaction at the time in 2002. Right. I mean, back then I really didn't know much about movies, anyways, and I would not have thought, of, "Oh, the camera work is amazing." In this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I can see your young ass. Simpler times, simpler, right. simpler times. Simpler you wouldn't have said that. I would. I think I would have. I think I did actually. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's no way you can't say, "What the fuck is going on with this camera?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were both like, "Yo, this camera work, though." Jesus Christ, what's the camera? Am I like a miniature person? Or... <laughs> How are they doing this? How are they doing it? Uh, the crane, the, the it's like a Lego building thing, and whatever. I'm done. All right. So, um, is that is that it for uh, Panic Room, everyone, or do we want to say something else? I don't know. Luke? No, I'm good, man. I'm I'm kind of glad to rewatch this. Cool. Awesome. This is, that's a good thing. I mean, I hope. Honestly, I know your list coming up, so I hope they're all like that <laughs> because well, I really it's, like it's all the movies. Three movies I liked and two, two I didn't. So. Right. I mean, the two that this you is didn't. one of them, right? Yes. Obviously. The other one that you didn't like is my point. That's what I want. I want yeah, success. I, I want I success know. on all these movies. Okay? That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, all right, so we're going to end it there for Panic Room. We're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to review our second movie, uh, Roth's pick here, which is what, Roth? Uh, Tokyo Godfathers. That's right. Classic. Stay with us. ¿Eres tú? Mi. ¿Cómo has adelgazado? Enséñame. Mira, mira. かわいいでしょ。私が拾った猫なんだ。背中に羽みたいな模様があるでしょ。だから名前はエンジェル。でも、もういない。ケパサコネスト。ファザー。ケオクリオ。On <笑> Christmas Eve, three homeless people living on the streets of Tokyo discover a newborn baby among the trash. And set out to find its parents. This is Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, came out in two thousand three. Uh, written and directed by uh, Satoshi Kon, and uh, also directed by uh, Shogo Furia, and and written by Keiko Nobu Nobumoto. Uh, anyways, I did my best there. Trust. Clearly not an American movie. <laughs> Clearly not, and it's an animated adventure comedy, according to this. But it's an anime movie. Yep. Um, Japanese animation. Uh, in my first view, um, this is a movie, so my list is, in case if you guys forgot, my list is a movies that I didn't get to see from 95 to 05. Uh, I picked those 10 years. We already did the Motorcycle Diaries. I think we're going backwards, right? So we're descending now. Um, oh, yeah. However you chose it. I don't remember. I think that's where we're going. Yeah. And then uh, and then now we're doing it. Tokyo Godfather. So uh, that being said, I'll give my thing. And it's... Uh, I mean, I I liked it. I liked the movie a lot. It was fun. I did find the small, like, little part where it was kind of dragging the movie, but it wasn't that bad. It was like I was already tired, but I I also know like if I'm if it's waning my interest, it that means it's you know like obviously it's not doing its job, right? Uh, right. But at the same time, like five minutes later, I muscled through it and I was right back right back in it. Uh, no no issues at all. Um. And I found the I found the cool Christmas movie to watch. Another Christmas movie to watch. That's true. If I ever wanted to watch another Christmas movie uh, that I've seen before, um, but I found the story really cool. Um, I like how it is. Uh, it's a Christmas story. I mean, it really is. It's literally like uh, it starts off right away with uh, your typical Christmas things going on with uh, going to church, getting fed. Well, uh, uh, getting to, fed in order to go, you have to go through a church to get fed, right? That's well, yeah, but that's besides the right. point. <laughs> and uh, and the, the whole like, uh, maybe I, the guy who's uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, what what is he? What do we drag queen? Right? Could be a drag queen to this? Uh, yeah. They, uh, he calls himself a queen, called? right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and uh, and he's uh, what's it called? Or what's it, he does? He sees yourself. Uh, what's her name? I already forgot. Let me think. Oh, I, I don't know how to think of. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's Wait, Alicia or Hannah. Hannah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, so yeah, that's a it's a fun little thing. Uh, he what's it called? <laughs> he, I like the one little there's like this little line where like, well, I want a baby. Just like uh, you never know. Maybe I'll have like the I'll be like the Virgin Mary and I'll just have a baby, right? And then. <laughs> Later in the movie, when they find the baby, she encounters he encounters the girl, <laughs> yes. the the nun he's in front of, and the nun is like, "Oh my god, Miracle. she is the version." <laughs> Dude, 
Dude, the movie has like a few of those where I just bust out laughing. Like that's really funny. Like, yeah, it's just surprising. Very much so. Yeah, and I was gonna say that the movie does a really good job of having those little one-liners, little little things. That as long as you're paying attention in the chaos of it, there's there's cool stuff going on. Uh, there's like little callbacks and stuff like that. But I like how the movie just like I said, so a Christmas movie. Like I was saying, it um, it's trying to help everybody. Um, you know, Christmas movies are all about trying to uh, solve the issue or whatever the case is, or make sure that you know. Uh, Overall, your life is better by the end of the Christmas movie, right? Right. Um, and this obviously takes place in a, over a couple over a couple days. I think it goes all the way to New Year's. Yeah. Um, and I then think so yeah, that's what it felt. That's what it was. So, and then I just think the movie does a really good job. And it's funny because like they have a actual like since they're homeless, they don't have you know phones. They have to use that. They, they can't be taking taxis everywhere or asking for you know pu- even public transportation sometimes is hard to get through like obviously there's issues all along everything every time they go and use any of those things uh that's uh that, that hinders them from basically solving this issue pretty quickly from like getting to point a to point b that anybody else would have uh so it's a really cool like perspective wise that they take different routes that most people don't you know like because they're homeless so like people kind of forget about them or uh, see them as a burden, right? And stuff like that. And uh, I think the movie does a really good job with just overall everybody's story. And uh, it, like, kind of, like, r- not wraps up, but it kind of uh, gives you everyone's backstory. And then you can obviously tell they're going to progress from where they are in their situation. We don't know as to what, but more than likely something better than what it was before. Mm. Uh, yeah. Their situation, and that's what the movie does as as a Christmas movie. And I, I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean, I think they hit a lot of great notes in those and in, in that aspect, and it was a great job. Um, I like everyone's story. Everyone had their own little unique thing going on, and it was super cool. And the movie didn't feel like it was like long enough. You know, like no one nothing felt dragged out. It's only an hour and a half, hour thirty two according to this. So another what eight minutes for some for uh credits. Yeah, for credits. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's really kind of a short movie, and they do it a lot. Um, and I always talk about, I mean, I, I love movies like this where it's short, but it doesn't. Even though you know it's already going short, it felt like you had so much information. It felt like it was longer than an hour and a half. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was. It's such. A, it does such a good job. Um, so enough of me talking about it. I obviously missed out on a really good movie, but I'm glad I get to watch it now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Luke, what did you think of Tokyo Godfathers? Um, well, it is, it's also my first time watching it too. So, oh, okay, cool. yay! Um, and I remember because back then, when it was two thousand three ish, yeah, a shit ton of fucking promotion was in this goddamn movie. I remember really. Like, you couldn't watch a movie without seeing a trailer for this. I could have sworn that too. I, th- right? I felt that familiar. I felt familiar. Oh, huh. I I remember seeing this this poster a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's anyways. so interesting. I never did. Oh, dude, I I couldn't escape it. I was like, I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this. <laughs> right. Right. And then by the time and I somehow got I watched it, I you guys did it. Yeah, it was one of those. It's like now it's like 2012 or something, like almost 10 years later. And it's like, hey, you have a chance to watch the movie. Yeah, I don't really give a fuck anymore. <laughs> right. um, you know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great too. It, it was fun movie. Uh, I like how you know you get everyone's every character. You kind of find out more about their life as they go through like this little investigation of trying to find the parents and how it kind of you know, eventually wraps everything up for them into like, you know, a more optimistic thing where they might not be homeless or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was a really good movie. I wouldn't call it a Christmas movie though. What do you mean? It's kind of more depressing, man. 
It's still a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, Die Hard is... Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That is the Christmas movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's... uh, You know, it's the circumstances of a holiday that makes it a Christmas movie, for sure. But it's not like... You know there's a lot of murder in that movie, right? (laughs) (laughs) But they're terrorists, so it's okay. No, that's... Uh, Jesus doesn't like terrorists. Jesus wants this baby alive. (laughs) And them to fix their future. Right. I do like the mythical gust of wind again in this one, though. (laughs) Jesus. Now, talk about gust. Yeah, that's a mythical-ass fucking... That's a mythical-ass gust of wind. Uh, Yeah. 100%. Yeah. One saved a life, one blew away like twenty million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, a life is priceless. Well, the Barabon, like I, I said, it could have landed million. on some homeless man, probably a Tokyo Godfather's, and then they got rich. Then he wiped his ass with it because he didn't know what it was. Right. Oh God, that's probably worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're right. It could be. You're right. Uh, anything else? Look, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, no, but that's also a good movie. You know, everyone's got their like, you know, looks like. Uh, they're little past demons that they're kind of trying to, you know, uh, what you call it, overcome. Like Jin with him, uh, his family, uh, Miyuki with uh, her father, and yeah. they shanked him and whatnot. Right. <laughs> now, kinda... they didn't, they, okay, so that's the only thing I, I got lost at. We, we're establishing that either he got rid of the cat or he killed it, right? Or he got it, like, killed. No, no, I think the cat ran away and she thought, like, they got rid of it. <laughs> But there was that once like a uh, scene where they're in uh, searching like the rebels, uh, the remnants of the house that's like uh-huh. destroyed. There's like a newspaper clipping that she sees, and it says like her name, like it says like uh, her name, like Miyuki, like Angel came home or something, or something like that. Angel come I home. No, I thought it said Angel come home. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was like please come home. Like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um. And it does have to, yeah. maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're right, but I might be wrong. But yeah, I don't know. It did look like a cry for, like, in the hopes of the pair of the, you know, the hopes that uh, she would read it. It did yeah, seem I like think that. That's what it was. Yeah. It did seem like that's that. how I took it anyway. Also, uh, but what, what was? But yeah, I thought it, I thought it either ran away or the the the, the, bot, the dad just got rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That's what I took the context from that scene, and that she was obviously extremely livid, and, you know, stabbed a little bit. Right. Very livid. Um, yeah, this is my second time only. And I saw this, uh, not the year it came out, mind you. Um, I'm not like hip to everything all the time. But I saw it in 2006, around that time. Because in 2006, Satoshi Kon came out with one of my favorite movies of all time. And definitely my favorite of his called Paprika. Um, and uh, that year, I already by then I, I had already seen Perfect Blue. Another really amazing movie that I really adore. Um, and I was like, man, I gotta really watch some of his other stuff. And obviously, any kind of you know best of list when it comes to animated features, they always put Tokyo Godfathers in there. Um, and so I they saw, really have. I saw that right. online, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just check it out. And I did because it was Satoshi Kon also. So like, I used it as an excuse. They always put like Tokyo Godfathers next to Akira, for example, and Ghost in the Shell, things like that. Um, yeah. So I picked it, and I, I or I rented it, I should say, and I saw it, and I remember thinking about it fondly I, I remember now this rewatch that i had missed some of those uh details for sure like i, I definitely would have missed and i because I, I don't remember at all i mean 
the newspaper thing, right? The, the angel come home. I would have definitely missed on that joke about the the woman on the subway noticing that the queen, yeah. uh, this guy has a daughter, uh, a, baby, yeah. a baby with her. And yeah, I think would've... we're overall more privy to those things now. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's just cinema in general has done so much of that that we're always looking for it, or us as people who watch a lot of movies. I definitely think it's the latter. You definitely think it's the latter. Yeah. I definitely. Yeah, that's that's what I thought so too. I just didn't want to sound pretentious. No, no, it's all it's, it's with uh, it's with age and and obviously we train our minds with it because we have seen so many and we keep watching new ones and yeah, I guess. like that. When that's I, what I thought too. When I'm watching Drivel, guys. I mean, we are watching Drivel out there, but we're also watching other things. So like, uh, it don't it definitely hones us better. We we stay sharp in the mind. Um, so yeah, that works, and I think that's why. And uh, you saw a lot of little things in the movie were definitely caught better for me. I definitely appreciate it more now. Out of the three movies I've seen. The three I've mentioned so far, and the one, obviously the one we're talking about, um, Tokyo Godfathers for me personally still is number three. Not that you have to rank them or anything, but I really love the it does the I just love how he makes thrillers and how he makes sci-fi stuff. I just really love his take on that stuff. Now this one's clearly a more of a human reality. What's story. one and two? What's one and two? I mentioned them: uh, Paprika and oh, Paprika Perfect and... Blue. Kathy. Um. So Paprika being one, then, right? yeah, in that order, yeah, right. Um, but honestly, Perfect Blue is fucking really amazing. So anyway, but yeah, Tokyo Father is also a really great movie, and uh, I really love the stories. I really love how all these characters are just instantly lived in, instantly relatable. Even though you are, you know, most people are watching it are probably not homeless because they get to watch it on TV. So like, um, you can relate a lot to them, and and it does seem like throughout the whole time that there is a force that's working for them. And obviously, um, you know, it's it's said as much by one of the characters, right? Like, you know, God is protecting this child, right? He's blessing this child. Yeah. And like the way, and you know, that, that becomes bluntly aware, you know, that becomes so blunt when the, um, the, they get, they get kicked out of the 7-Eleven thing with that guy. Uh, yeah. And the then the car, right. The pharmacy, whatever. The, the actual ambulance. Right. right. They call it ambulance. Right. Right, yeah. and all the wonderful little connections that shouldn't make the movie better. It shouldn't. It should make it seem tacky, but it isn't. It doesn't because you are aware of a force divided, that's divided intervention. Right, it, but in yeah. a in a fun way, it's in a different way for sure. I don't know why it works for me here. I think it's because it's animated. To be honest with you, it could and be, we uh, we let it, we forgive it more. Right, you know, it doesn't feel like uh, you don't have to force it out on anybody i guess right i don't know just i could see people you know the same people that hated the frog rain scene in magnolia hate this movie for similar reasons <laughs> oh, and oh, okay. now i really love the frog scene in that movie but i genuinely don't like those ex machina as well regardless of that movie that's like an exception for me i really don't like them because they they are they're pretty petty they're they're just a writer's way out of things i just hate that kind of thing when it's done Usually it's done wrong because you can't do it right. It's hard to do it right. But this movie somehow does it like 50 times in one movie and, and makes it do it right. I don't know how it really works out. Maybe Rafa's right with the animated medium. Maybe it does help with that. But anyway, besides all that, I really love the stories. Um, I particularly liked the, uh, the the girl, the little girl's um, thing as she's starting up her young homeless life. Um, and I love the switcheroo with the parents and finding out the mystery of this child. It's all really fun. And good and uh the taxi driver has when when uh i'm sorry i'm I'm just naming the guys when the the crossdresser um when she when she's describing 
her perfect man, and it turns yes. out she's oh. describing the taxi driver. <laughs> she's describing the taxi driver. And, uh, oh, so well, so but then you funny. see her story, and you're like, oh shit, that basically was the taxi driver, right? Like you ain't joking. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff worked for me. And when the nurse turned out to be the guy's daughter, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Did you also notice like every person uh, that they encounter that helps them out, or either? Helps them progress story or whatever the case is. His name Kyoto also. His name the baby's name Kyoko. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. Right. How there's just a lot of that. Yeah, the Kyoko thing angle definitely. I was running through my head too, and I was wondering when the next Kyoko will come. And uh, you know, I thought of like, man, this baby is taking them so many places. They go to a mob wedding. You know, they go to like yeah. a lot of things. Right, yeah, they was so weird okay. A lot of doors open to them is my point. So many. Yeah. So you guys understood that whole like dialogue between like the the Latino family and Oh yeah, uh, we yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cuz I was like I'm like okay, I pick up I can pick up a couple right, ones here and that's there. True. It was so weird, but I loved it cuz it's like you're meant to not know the language. Right. Yeah. I guess I yeah, I guess I was meant not to know that language. Right, in that time anyway, right? Cuz it's not right. subtitled or at least uh the ones I provided for you guys wasn't subtitled um yeah i'm yeah yeah it was a very interesting conversation because it's 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 spanish and japanese back and forth and they seemingly understand each other but they also kind of don't and they're just guessing and they're just talking really interesting how they push through that conversation regardless of um the loss in translation this um it's a fun movie it's just a a very character driven um not I don't want to say wholesome because, like, the imagery, the background. I mean, there's a lot of talks of suicide. They literally save a woman from John. I mean, that whole thing was insane. Yeah, this is this not, not a kid's movie. Not a kid's movie. But somehow yeah. it retains this, like, wholesome nature throughout agree, the whole yeah. time. You know what, what I'm saying? What's funny is that I noticed it in the background, and I was like, are we just going to gloss over that someone's about to jump jump across the, oh, the, right? the bridge? Yeah. Right? Right? And then the yeah, characters react, and I was like, oh, dude, that's great. I almost like, missed it. Right. Yeah. 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 That was insane. And then it just happens to turn out, of course, to be the one person and everything. There's a lot of things in the movie that does a good job if you pay attention to it. Right. And I'm sure if I watch it again, uh, I'll see more little things that I missed out on. Yeah. I think there's something uh, I missed out um, with the uh, with the signs, like the road signs and the billboards. I think there's something there because I think I almost caught something that was kind of a funny callback to a previous conversation in, in the movie regarding one of the yield or stop signs when they were running. But I don't remember. It was something very intricate, and I like noticed something, but it didn't quite click in my head. I wish I paid more oh. attention to the background of the signs and stuff. So I think there's something there, more to it. Um, but yeah, a really fun movie, really good. Um, but uh, really, that's all I got, though, unless you all want to add something else. Uh, no, 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 that's all I got, too. I mean, it's a great Christmas movie. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm not to sound so ignorant about it, but are there is there New Year's the same or is that just China who has a different New Year's date? Uh, uh, no, their New Year's the same as ours. Okay, cool. Yeah. I want to make sure because I don't know if they were like more westernized about it because Christmas is definitely a western thing. So, like, I'm just curious. Um, yeah. all right, cool. All right, so we're going to take another break here and when we come back, we're going to review a um, a Romanian film. <laughs> The one and only Romanian film, four months, three weeks, and two days. Stay with us. (laughs) 
A woman assists her friend in arranging an illegal abortion in 1980s Romania. This is four months, three weeks, and two days. A uh, movie made by um, Christian Munju. Uh, that's how I think he's pronounced. He's made other movies, but this is his big one, I should say, the one that made him uh, a big deal, I guess. And I've seen um, he's done Beyond the Hills and Graduation. Um, they're pretty well-known. Occident also, which is, I guess means accident. And this is a Romanian film. And this is the first Romanian film I've ever seen. Not the last, but the first for sure. And uh, I picked this movie. Now, this is part of my marathon, which is a little weirder. And the marathon I'm calling it Toxic, Toxicity Marathon, where I delve into movies that uh, talk about certain toxic things that are bad for you. The first one we did was uh, the one I love, which is about toxic relationships. And this one, it's about toxic systems. And, of course, I'm talking about the 1980s Romania, which, if you don't know... Was a bad time to be living there. Let's just say it's um had a lot of lot of things bad with it. Like at the time when the time that this movie is representing, uh, Nikolai Kostu, Costco. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Um, Costco. Let's go with Costco. Um, was, I love Costco. Was the Romanian communist politician and dictator at the time. He was the general secretary for the Romanian Communist Party. Up to up to 1989, from the 60s to 89, and um, yeah, it was a pretty mother, but like a real asshole, <laughs> a real asshole. Um, little quick little thing about him: upon his rise to power, he eased press censorship. Oh no, no, he didn't do that. Um, after a brief stability in the government, he soon became a totalitarian guy and was considered the most repressive. Uh, Romania was considered to be the most repressive in the Eastern Bloc at the time. His secret police, the Securite, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. His secret police was responsible for mass surveillance as well as severe repression and human rights abuses within the country and controlled the media and the press. And, um, you know, so many other things that go along with that, as you may imagine. And um, this movie is really good, I think, representation of all that. I didn't know about this at all, granted. It's not like I read a lot of history back then. But this movie really hit me. And it hit a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people back then, you know, obviously people who seek out independent or foreign movies from other places. So, yeah, uh, all that being said, uh, I really hopefully did a, did a good job of it. But I know that you guys haven't seen this movie. So really, it falls a little bit to you guys. So I'm going to start with Luke on this one and ask you, Luke. I have seen this movie. Oh, you have seen this. Oh, that's right. You mentioned yes. this off air that I did show it to you. Right. Somebody showed it to me. Well, I, I can't imagine. The only person <laughs> it was either – would have probably been you so yeah i can't imagine it's not me but uh, i don't you know. or there was that uh teacher i had in college for that film class very specific yes <laughs> so close friend huh probably you because <laughs> i because i remember that like <laughs> i remember some of the dialogue i was like oh man this is like an awkward dinner scene you know or something like right that. okay okay and i'm pretty sure i had it with you yeah okay but i'm not too sure all right so. no worries well then ask you luca uh, as a, again then um, I'm sure I didn't ask you at the time, but do you think it falls and does a good job of showing you <laughs> the toxic system that surrounds the two main characters? Which I should say, ah, bloody hell. Bloody bleeding hell. Let's drop my phone. Uh, which is Otilia and Gabita. Um, <laughs> yeah, toxic as fuck, I guess. I mean, uh, there's so much like, Fucking like 
oppression and like the whole women rights issue and you know for uh oh yeah i don't think i don't know if i had rights back then honestly uh i'm not 100 percent. i don't know but yeah it's uh the very lasting uh you know whatchamacallit movie yeah so if this is your second time what did you think of it the first time dude this movie's haunted me and i shit you not when i started watching this movie again and i was like is this the fucking movie because I always remembered the movie that had a fucking abortion in a hotel room. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to say the scene yet. And I've always remembered that fucking scene. And it always fucking haunted me. And I'm like, what was that movie? But I never, like, went to seek it out. And I totally forgot that it was a foreign language and it was Romanian. My ass would have been like, oh, so yeah, an English movie probably. But, yeah. <laughs> so you. No clue. You, did you repress some of the movies? I mean, like, you. <laughs> I, I think so. No, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry for haunting you again. I did not know yeah. <laughs> that at the time when I no, it's just, it was a very lasting impression, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it is. It is definitely a lasting impression. I mean, uh, I mean, we're not talking about the movie itself quite yet, but uh, for me, like, I definitely caught on to more of the subtlety in it. But um, but overall, I feel basically the same. This movie really hit me uh, back then as it does now. Uh, Raf, what about you? Do you see it? Uh, um, the toxicity I'm talking about as well as I'm saying it or a little less, a little more. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I see it. Uh, yeah, of course I see it. I see it more in obviously, uh, what's her name? Otilia. Yeah. Cause, uh, we see her more, but also the fact that Gabby, the can't, can't do the things that, you know, like she's, she's like this fragile, innocent person almost. Right. right. Uh, that like, She's just gonna get eaten by wolves out there, and she probably will if she, you know, what's it called? And she obviously does in this part, but like, uh, it's just like without somebody looking out for her, uh, and no one's looking out for her, is uh, what's it called? She's destined to be doomed. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, yeah, it's uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a shitty fucking place to to live in, and not just for women; it's just shittier for women. Um. It's a shitty environment to live in for guys, too. For anybody, really, to be honest with you. Uh, from what it looks like. I mean, everywhere you go is feels like it's... Even if you're doing well off, if it still feels like you're not doing well off. Everything's still in, like, you know, poverty. So Yeah. I think uh, a lot of this movie, a lot of the background of this movie tells you all the story you need to know regarding Romania and its time, in this time period. And it tells right. you how hard it is to do one thing how hard it is to get anything you want. Like, there are... I don't know if you guys noticed. There's no storefronts. Oh, no. It's all black, black, black market dealings and shit. Right. You go yeah, to a hustles. guy in a dorm. You go to a guy in a room in a hotel. You, there's a, a guy standing there, and you just know that that guy sells something, and you ask him for Kent cigarettes. You know, like, it's very... It's, like I said, you don't... I mean, if you're not paying attention, you don't notice it, and you're just seeing the story being, like, you know, this girl trying to get an abortion. But, like... It's much more than that. You see it everywhere. And the conversation, like, with, uh, I mean, a lot of people remember the conversation in that dinner scene, like how the camera just fixes on her and she's just, like, not being paying attention to. She is completely zoned out. She's having real issues and all these people are complaining. Not to say that their complaints aren't real. I mean, they're talking about the government, right? The very government they're, they're a part of, that they hate. 
or they like or whatever and talking about what to do with their children and their fears for their children and what makes them a man, what makes them cuddled, what, what can we do to protect them. All this stuff that they're talking about all relates to the same thing. If you pay attention, I was like, not that you have to. She's not paying attention, but that's what it is. Um, I had this quote from, uh, from Roger Ebert that he wrote a review on it at the time. Um, I was going to read it real quick. That kind of springsboard the rest of the movie for me. Um, the time is the late 1980s. Romania still Romania still cringes under the brainless rule of Cusco. Cusco, sorry. In Christian Munju's four months, three weeks, and two days, Gabita desires an abortion, which was then illegal, not for moral reasons, but because Cusco wanted more subjects to rule. She turns into depression. She turns in desperation, sorry, to her roommate Otilia, who agrees to help her and does. Helps her so much, indeed, she does everything but the abortion herself. In a period of 24 hours, we follow the two friends in a journey of frustration, stupidity, duplicity, cruelty, and desperation, set against the background of a nation where it, where if it weren't for the black market, there'd be no market at all. And I love that, how he put that, um, because that is exactly right. And I felt that way throughout the whole movie. I couldn't really pinpoint it the way he said it. And then when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Without the black market, there is nothing going on. The whole... The whole civilization works solely with identity cards and shady people doing shady dealings for regular things, for from toilet paper to cigarettes to abortions, you know. Uh, right. And it's extremely fucked up and um, and, and and painful to watch. And I think um, the movie, the movie has uh, is done really interestingly. I really love the camera in this movie. It is both always there, and I, I can feel the camera is always there, and also oftentimes feel like it's never there. Yeah, you know, like a movie should, like you know, you suspend your disbelief enough. But the movie follows Otilia so coldly, and but the actress has so much feeling inside of her, even though she can't react to it. And I love how the camera kind of manages to mimic that by observing her like purely observing without like helping her feels like the camera maybe even wants to help but doesn't do it it's a very interesting dynamic because it follows her like sometimes it feels like the camera follows her like a puppy dog other times it feels like it's just a cold like serious sterile machine right that's just documenting this you know this woman's chapter in her life whatever you know and i feel like uh there's a lot of that going on in the movie and i just really loved it for that stuff Really loved it back then. Loved it even more now because I understand a little bit more of it now. Um, great. No, there's no flourishes. This movie has absolutely no fat to chew. In my opinion, there's no minute I don't think we can lose in this movie. Everything's kind of clinical and well used. And it's all about And it's interesting because the movie is has a plot, but it has doesn't really. It's not really about the plot, obviously. It's about Atelia and um, and her interactions and stuff like. She has to give her body to this guy to do it. And, you know, that whole scene was so tense, even this time around, because I've forgotten how it gets there. I know it gets there, but I'd forgotten what happens to get there because I'm on the guy's side for a good chunk of it in the sense of like, in the sense that he's a black market abortion guy, abortionist, right? And in the sense that he is sticking his neck out and he did leave his identity card at the front desk and the hotel was different and this fucking... Gavita is no, a yeah, mindless liar that, yeah. right, she just fucks up over and over and over again, hoping that somebody else will fix her mistakes. And I really hate her a lot of the movie. I can't help it. 
but feel like all the frustration that Otilia has for Gabita the same way. But except that she's friends with her. I'm not friends with her. I can hate her all I want. Um, and I felt for the guy. I mean, I felt for the guy, but I was on, I was, I was on his side for a while there until it gets to where it goes. I'm like, Oh God, it's just like an elaborate thing to get. You know, it's just so, because he knows they can't have much money. They're students, and they're learning tech, which I guess means factory worker. And I didn't know it meant factory worker until uh, she's at the dinner scene. You know, I get in no. I think the oh, I, I think the board, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I caught that. I think the more important is is that they won't have to live in the country because yep, they right. mentioned that right. every single time you'll live in the city instead or closer. Right. No. Yeah. It's just just uh, one thing after another. And that one's like a, a, a thing that pays off later, you know, and then you feel bad for the for the boyfriend. But I already felt like shitty to him. Like, I don't like him. And I don't like how naive he is, how naive he is in this country. I think he is being I'm not maybe not the country, but naive he is with his girlfriend. Um, he doesn't seem to treat her that well. He seems to like constantly either wants to defend himself in acts of love or needs acts of love proven. And that starts with. That op- that's the first scene you see them together where in beginning, before all this, before you even know it's an abortion, like if this is your first time, you don't know this is an abortion until 25 minutes in. Um, and uh, this is before all that, she's like, they're talking about the flowers and coming over to the dinner, right? The mom's birthday and all that and the flowers she likes and here's the money for that, here's the money for this. And she, he leverages a, a commitment out of Otilia to come to the party where she says she can't make it or she shouldn't be able to make it. And then she, he gets her to say yes and all that. And she does actually do it and all that stuff. And in a way she wanted to get out of that room anyway in the hotel. So for sure, but she's also very worried about Gavita. She could die in that hotel. She doesn't know what could happen. Gavita makes yeah. mistakes after mistakes over nothing. So like, yeah, this could, she could fuck. She's like the Jerry, you know, if we're talking about Rick and Morty, um, Jesus, you know, <laughs> like she, I mean, she one thing after another with her and uh, and I, I totally see her side. And then the guy, you know, the way they're talking about it and the way she brings up the question, which seems unfair to him, of course, but not really. I think she just wants to hear something positive, something good coming out of this thing. And, you know, when she tells him, you know, um, what do you call it? What if I was pregnant and he can't give her an answer? And I'm not saying he needed, he had to have an answer, but he had to have thought of it, and he had to have something. He didn't. He just deflected the whole time. And I mean, he said he like, oh, I, I think I, he'd marry her, but that's kind of like forced. Yeah, it was forced out yeah, after he said it wasn't his first answer. Right. It was literally forced out. Yeah. And I, I find that the guy was just like so naive. Like he, like she deserves someone definitely much more aware of their surroundings, or at least much more aware of her. And I think that's what she was trying to get out. That's why she had to leave right away. It just felt like a huge lie being there. And I totally bought her. And I really hated the boyfriend. Not hated. That's strong. But I really felt uh, ill will towards him or didn't like him. Um, stuff like that. A very interesting movie because there's a lot of things going on that isn't just Romanian, like, totalitarianism or communism or anything. But, like, it is, though, because they're still products of that. They're the products of their environment. And it still is, even though it isn't. And, you know, even though he's his own person and Jotilia is her own person, too, she's still a victim in all this uh, or a perpetrator, right, in all this bad system stuff. So, yeah, I got a lot out of the movie. What about you, what about you guys? Do you guys agree with uh, what I'm talking about? you guys agree with the boyfriend, disagree with them, anything like that? Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree with the fact that 
uh, he is uh, woefully ignorant. You know, like he's like he's ignorant to the fact that he he's like, well, at least I'm not getting, you know, like at least I don't have it as bad. So I'm just living my life. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like right. for him, he's like, well, I, I still get this. Well, I still get that, you know. And I'm not I'm not as bad as whatever, but he he can't see it from anybody else's perspective, you know what I'm saying? He's just obviously yeah. looking out for himself still. Like he he and he knows that he'd say, it, but he knows like the the men men run the shit, right? It is what it is. <laughs> like he's got more more leeway, I guess, to do things than she does. Um, so yeah, but I I didn't like the boyfriend. I I cannot stand uh, what's her name, Gavita. Yeah, you cannot stand her in this movie. I mean. I don't know, and I I, I would have killed her myself at that point. To be honest with you, <laughs> oh I was just like, I know, I was just, just fucking, I can't stand her. She's literally living in this world. Like you're, you're more ignorant than the boyfriend. Oh, like, definitely. I'm surprised. <laughs> you know, in the anyway, the how are you alive? How have you made it? How 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 do you not have an abusive husband with 26 kids by now? Like that's just to be honest with you. Right. How have you not been like you know just? I there's a lot of stuff going on because like. How how are you going through the world without? And then it's like it's literally the beginning of the movie. It tells you what you need to know about her. Yeah. Where it's uh, you know, oh well, I thought you'd do it. Well, why don't you do it? You need to go do that. Yeah, but I'm shy. But yeah, that doesn't matter. You need to go do shit. Like you need to go figure it out on your mm-hmm. own. Yeah. And uh, little things like that. Like oh well, uh, like uh, I I have this money. Like why are you keeping it in your back pocket? It's a lot of money. Like you do realize that, right? Like how dumb are you? We could get robbed. Like anybody can check your pockets. Like how do you not have it in a safer spot? Like things like that. Like at the beginning of the movie, that you kind of realize you're like, oh, this girl's an airhead. She's just right. an airhead, right? She thinks if she's and, on top, she can't get pregnant. Uh, right. Gravity, bro. Very <laughs> gravity. Exactly. Right. No, that's a good. It, it that's very a good much, way of present- That's a good way to do that. Yeah, I like that. It, it is very much like that. And she's got this friend who's like obviously like, oh, I'm your roommate, but I'm obviously like your friend, and. I, I'll help you out, but she gets put in these crazy circumstances that she wasn't expecting, but at the same time, she's like, well, who else is going to help? It's like more like, who else is going to help her out? But at the same time, I think she puts herself in like the shoes also like, well, who would I have helped me? And honestly, I don't think she would have done the same for her. I don't think Gavita would have done the same for her. Brutally honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the people... And that's sad. Yeah, the people around Otilia, and the people, sorry, in, in the rankings of the people around Otilia in her life, her... Her boyfriend, her, her, you know, the newly met parents and family, and obviously Gabita and some of the roommates probably. Um, Otelia is considered to be very resourceful, and the movie does show her resources. I mean, she can she gets shit done. She gets it done. She knows who to bribe, how to bribe. She knows how to get a hotel room. She knows how to plead. She knows how to do a lot of things, and she can do it. But I, re- I, I realized that by the end of the movie is that it's not that she's resourceful. I mean, she's definitely resourceful. She can handle herself. She can live on herself. Um, just like a lot of Romanians, I'm positive. But the people around her suck. They're naive. And Gabita is the worst of them all. As for Rob, the all worst. the things Rob was saying, I completely agree. And at first thing, you know, and I could see how this would bother people watching it, like an unbelievable character. This is not unbelievable. People like this exist, of course. I, and what feels unbelievable is that how can she survive in this fucking communist state um, for 22, however old she is, she's 22, I think. For all these years so far, and not come out with any fucking thicker skin at all, you know, or anything, and uh, and it's coddled. It's like the it's like it, it kind of tracks back to that conversation in the dinner scene when the when the family is talking about whether or not to protect the boy or let him be a man, like let him serve under the military for eighteen months or whatever, and talking about guard duty and all this stuff. And then you're like, well, how does that make him a man? We need to protect him. You know, kind of makes me feel like 
that conversation is like this with this girl. Like she was maybe just protected too much. I don't know, man. I don't know. We don't know the answer to that kind of question with Gabita, but she is completely useless in her own life. She's definitely a spectator in her own life. She just has things happen. And that's very yeah. sad and it's very fucked up and it's obviously very frustrating to watch her do it. But, you know, it brings me, uh, we're almost done here, but it brings me to the last scene when um, she goes back to the hotel room expecting to, for her to open the door, right? But, you know, she ends up, she's in the restaurant starving. And uh, it clearly, this is, this kind of reminds me in a, like a worser version of the ending of Ituma Tambien when they have that one last, you know, I haven't seen restaurant that scene. Uh, yeah. Remember that, Roth? And um, and you know, I mean, the, the narrator also kind of says that, but you know, they're not going to be friends anymore. They're not, never. And this is the same thing. I don't know about you, but that's exactly that's the feeling. I mean, she like Otelia is done with Gavita, done with her, you know. Done. And the fact that Gavita has a, has the gall to even have any kind of like reprehension for her leaving her for leaving in the, her in the hotel room because she had another thing to do with her boyfriend's family is beyond. Like I can't believe she did that. You could tell that's her eyes. That's her eyes doing. You know, when she left her, when she was waiting upstairs, waiting for the probe to do the thing, she gave her that look, that mean look, like, fine, leave me alone. You know, I'm like, like no, I don't want any food. No, I don't want anything. Right. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, and it, it was that. You're like, oh, she just did you the hugest of solids. Right. Like, she did. But I, I, I don't know. I thought that, too. But I'm like, she's about to fucking, like, you know, get rid of this thing. It's I think it's like a lot of. Like, like there, there's a mental toll it's taking on you. And granted, this woman's probably dumber than a box of fucking rocks, so she can't get anything fucking done. You know, this is probably like ten times worse on her because she's so dumb. She can't handle it, so she just wants to be left alone. She doesn't want anything. I really don't think she's dumb. I just think she's naive. Well, that means the same. I guess it means the same thing. But like, I don't. I don't. I, th- I think she feels like completely incapable. She's used to people doing it for her. I think it's. I think it's a lot of other problems than just intell- intellect. Personally, that's how I think. But I could be wrong. She could just be dumb. But I mean, all these are the products of doing dumb behavior regardless. So either way, it's stupid. But yeah. Um, but that last scene, though, you know, that last scene emphasized something. I didn't catch this the first time. When, because she has food on the dinner, on the table already, remember? She gets the food brought and uh, Otelia, mm-hmm. you know, says, I need a minute to order. And and they have, they only have the food they only have available is for the the wedding menu food, right? And it's like, this plate of meats and the way that the way they name the meats are the makings of a human body of literally the baby she just expelled is what this meat this plate of food is made of i don't know if you guys caught that the way they they way they call the, the meats the way they say it it's like what is it uh they say uh beef they say um fuck i forgot them all but i remember the way i read it on the subtitles it they're like and then it ends with bone marrow like all this like clinical ingredients of what makes a person right or 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 a human you know and i think the the very notion that she would order that that same night without even thinking about it you know it just felt like very strange and like emphasizing how much she doesn't think of her current situation at all like, it just felt like white to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much. In it. But I read that completely. I just, it felt no, so right. No, because you're looking at it through her perspective. She yeah. just got rid of this, yeah. the fetus. Yeah. Otelia just got rid of the fetus. And you're like, she's sickened. She couldn't even eat at her boyfriend's house. Because she's like, I'm, I'm distraught. I just went through something that I didn't want to go through. 
and I'm feeling all these feelings, and what happens if I get this? Now am I stuck with this potential D-bag who doesn't even care about me really right. and have a, having to force to marry him if I have a baby with him? Or am I going to have to go through something similar with having to have my friend go through the same thing, right? And having an abortion and stuff like that. And all those thoughts intermingled, and then she comes back worried about her friend because her friend's not, not answering the phone. Yeah. And come home, come to, come to the hotel to going to discard the fetus and then her friends just acting like nothing ever happened like it's just a hunky-dory day right. and eating eating dinner yeah dude 100 percent. i didn't get the the bone marrow thing but like dude i i mean how could you even think about it? i wouldn't even think about it i would probably eat for like the next two days i wouldn't either i mean yeah i hate to say it but yeah i just wouldn't i would actually have it impact me god forbid it's just yeah. and uh, you know and that dick move about not answering the phone either just just just, just a spider for leaving like come on man Come on, she's worried. Just give her a fucking answer. Uh, right. throw me nuts. Yeah, this movie is uh, obviously very great for me. Um, anything else uh, you guys want to say, or in response to, or whatever else? So, how about that, like, really like long shot of just focusing on that baby? Oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it Christ. was like twenty seconds, but yeah, it felt longer for sure. <laughs> it felt fucking long as fuck. Yeah. No, it did. Uh, yeah, that was not pleasant. But that's the whole point. It wasn't supposed yeah. to be pleasant. Um, did you guys uh, felt like the movie... Uh, I just thought of this now. Did you guys felt like the movie was being a little dishonest? I wasn't, but I'm asking. Um, when the point of view changes to Gabita when Otilia, you know, has to fuck that abortion guy? Oh, you mean like, uh, why didn't we see that when we see everything about Otilia? Uh, yeah, almost everything, yeah. Kind of like that. Mm-hmm that aspect yeah uh i don't know no i i, I honestly did ask my question also question i was like do you know we're actually gonna see this right now um I, I don't think the movie was being dishonest i just felt like it was uh something some like like do we actually need to see that kind of thing you know what i'm saying right well then, you even though we see a fetus, right? I was gonna say that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I know. but it's like, do we actually need to see that? That's like, like do we need to see her already be? Like, we already know she's being, she's gonna be looked at and 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 felt felt less than. Does the audience need to see her already even more than that? Right. No, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I, I didn't feel that. It felt like it would have been disrespectful to show it. But that's that's where I'm. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is a little disrespectful. I, I just felt like asking because I'm pretty. I just thought of it now. And it, okay. and it, I don't, I don't think uh, seeing the aborted fetus is overkill, considering that's the entire point of it, and like yeah, it no. builds up to all of that. And honestly, if you didn't show it, I might have second thoughts of whether or not this bitch didn't like fuck it up somehow. Um, <laughs> honestly, did you move? I swear to God, did if you, you fucking moved? move? <laughs> I just did one somersault, just one somersault. Um, okay, now that's it for this review, and that is it for our show. You have been listening to another movie podcast. And yes, we're back to our original schedule programming of every two weeks. So we are a bi-weekly show. We're done with our break. Next time, Luke, you're picking the movies, right? And you got them for Boys. us? Boys! I swear to fucking God. We're going to do it? Well, uh, you picked the movies. You got, you're you picking them. But I don't think this counts as a new movie. But it does not count as it a is new movie. No, it it's is not. not. No, new, it's no, not it a new not. movie. No, it is not. Just as no, it's not a movie. You're on crack. If that's a you movie. are. Yes, it is. It's not. You're on mescaline. 
It's how the movie should have been. No, ah, Are you... you're, quite, you're saying that there's another movie before this that's exactly the same as this no, one. No, it's oh, not. Okay, so... It's completely different. Nah, I beg to differ. Yep. I beg to differ. Do you really think up? that the deleted scenes in Lord of the Rings make a different movie? No, this isn't just deleted scenes. Like they don't like don't fuck don't fuck with me right now. Plot. Do the not fuck plot. with me right now. Yes, it is completely. You different. are a fuckhead. I mean, you're. <laughs> I can't believe you think that spewing that those lines actually convinces anyone, much less of yourself, that it's a fucking different movie. Okay, it is. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kill you, but you can pick this movie. Yeah, we'll just make fun of you endlessly for it. Uh, no, I'm actually not gonna watch it. I'll spite. You're not gonna watch it. What? Okay, what's going on here? I'll spite. I won't watch. And it. did I lose control oh, here? Oh. We're watching it. It's fine. You lo- you lost control, and it's not your control to have. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because I don't pick the movies. Um, exactly. Well, that's the point. It's like, um, if you guys have to deal with Romanian shit, I mean, you have to deal with whatever. Why, not, why would you want to watch this movie? Why? It's not even a new movie. Well, no, I don't think it is either. But, you know. It is. <laughs> have you seen it? I'm going to. <laughs> uh, fine, Roth. You give me off the hook on this one. I'll watch it. I'll deal with it. All right, so this movie, what else? And then we're gonna watch a documentary. Don't don't uh, don't wait for me to ask you which was what's it called. No, hold on, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a long title. I literally just clicked off of it. God damn it! Uh, I literally just had the page up for it too. Never heard of oh, that. Operation Valley of Blues, uh, the college admission scandal. Operation what? Varsity Blues. And what's the rest of it? The college admission scandal. Okay. Uh, is it available somewhere? Uh, yeah, Netflix. Okay, good. March so 17th. people can know what the hell, where to find it. Yep. Because I never heard of it. I don't know what they were <laughs> It's a new movie, right? Like in a for yes. real way? This yes. isn't like... Both of them. So, okay. And then what's the next marathon pick for you? Oh, um, it's going to be... I believe it's going to be Sideways. Sideways? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Is that for sure? Let me double check. I wrote them in the order to him somewhere. I don't think it is. Uh, it's match point. Oh, it's match. Point. Okay, yeah. Match point. At least the uh, the order point. you gave me a long time ago. So yeah. match point is next. Then uh, check. Oh, that's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. All right. So one one of these so far is a good movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make fun of you the whole time. Okay. Uh, all right. So those are the next movies. Remember, we are a biweekly show. Uh, oh, I forgot to give our things at the end. I'm sorry. I'll say it now. Um. You can follow me on Twitter and on Letterboxd on, at Armin Filmmaker, which is a filmmaker with A-R-M-E-N. Uh, Luke? At Slothmaster Luke. And Ralph? On the Twitter. Oh, sorry. And Ralph? Oh, on Twitter at uh, Don Rafael, underscore between the Rafael, and uh, Twitch at Sue Trauma with uh, Sue. Yeah. Not Sue. Yeah, Sue, not Sue. Remember that. Don't fuck up the Sues. Don't fuck up the Sues. All right. Until then, guys, I am Oscar. And Luke. <laughs> Ralph. Later. Arrivederci! We'll be-